0: People think that judgments will make them stronger or protect them. But the truth is, is that judgments actually weaken us. They can weaken our immune system. They throw us off our peace, off of our balance. So really during this time, you know, it's one of the most loving ways that we can care for ourselves is to really tend to our own inner turbulence and really create that peace inside of ourselves There comes a time on your
1: soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as Enlightenhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenhood, I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, And share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday and happy week of Thanksgiving if you are in the States and celebrating. That's kind of just what I wanted to touch base on today before we get into my wonderful interview with Chelsea LeBron. This is a weird week. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because my family as many of you know eat Mexican food for Thanksgiving and every year we make the drive up to my parents and it's my favorite holiday because it's about gratitude and food and spending time with family but this year, my parents and myself, my sister, just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. And we all three separately made the decision that the risk of what's happening with the virus, it just wasn't worth it this year. So we will be celebrating at home, which is heartbreaking. But I'm choosing to use it as an opportunity to Cultivate joy and cheer in this little bubble that we have, even though we've been doing it since March, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little frustrated with this new reality because it it feels so restrictive, but I'm really trying to see the the opportunity for just joy and pure presence. And that's really what I have been challenging myself to do lately. Because like I told you last week, I'm just going through really deep transitions and healing and figuring out my next steps, how I'm supposed to show up in the world, the universe really just clotheslined me. (laughs) So I think presence is the best way to find clarity and to find those answers. And we think that we have to push and push and seek and seek and sit in meditation. But really, it's being fully present in the moment and acting with love and humility and grace and gratitude. That's what brings us those answers. That's what clears our mind and clears our hearts enough to see the next step. So that's really what I'm trying to do. It's really forced me to take a step back off of social media. I was already having a really hard time being on there with all the tension and the the energy surrounding the election. It was just I'm really sensitive and it was just (laughs) too much for me. The meditations I have been doing, like I told you last week, have been purely kind of just getting in alignment and getting balanced. But the message that I keep receiving that I want to share with you, and I think this perfectly ties into the idea of being present, is that you can have it all. You can be your most spiritual self and you can be the badass bitch that (laughs) that you've always wanted to be. The two things can go hand in hand. And that is something that I have really struggled with is that... I have this really, I don't know the right word for it, this version of me that wants to show up like a very refined professional millennial. And then there's part of me that really just wants to sit in a field of flowers and just roll around and look at clouds all day (laughs) and my guides keep telling me, you can have both. You can have it all. And that's the whole reason we have all of these versions of ourselves because they are all of us. It's it's our act and our discovery and figuring out when is the appropriate time to use those strengths of that version of ourselves. So I just wanted to share that with you because. You can be it all. You can have it all. You don't have to choose. We think that we have to be one version of ourselves to be successful or happy. But if we're only showing up as a fraction of ourselves, then we're not honoring our whole self. We're not honoring our highest self. And we're not honoring the quirks, the uniqueness of who we are. So please know that you can have it all. Today's episode is a really special one to me. I am talking to Chausie LeBron, who is a licensed psychotherapist who practices spiritual psychology as well as offering spiritual life coach and consultations. Chossie has created an online course called The 33 Day Process, Loving Your Beautiful and Miraculous Body, which is designed to help people connect with the messages that their body is giving them. The course is aimed to help people heal on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. Chossie also believes that inside each person is a divine compass for their life. And that if we listen to it deeply enough, this compass will help guide us to heal past hurts, update irrational beliefs, illuminate our soul lessons, and live the life of our greatest heart's desire. Listening to this episode, you are just going to fall completely in love with Tossie. I just have to, I'm going to throw it out there, and I know it's true. We are talking about managing this really heightened energy that is happening right now. And if any of you are are going home for Thanksgiving and politics or the virus is a cause of tension at the dinner table, this episode is for you We're also talking about judgment and how so much of this spiritual practice and this human existence that we live, how it truly affects your physical body. And Chossie is giving us some really amazing exercises to help you better understand what your body is feeling, to help you forgive. And then at the end of the episode, she is leading us through a guided forgiveness meditation. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And please don't listen to it while you're driving. So you'll get to hear my interview with Chausie LeBron right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenhood.com or text garden to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside.
0: I know, how fun, (laughs) how fun, right? Mm -hmm. I know, what could be better? Especially on the heels of the American election and all of the upset that it seems to trigger with people. Oh my gosh. It just, I know it seems to be ripe with spiritual opportunities so um it really is I have yeah. chills
1: in my legs from hearing that just because me mm-hmm. myself I, I haven't been able to be on social media or anything not even because yeah. of the news or the up to date of what's happening with the election yeah. but just because of the yeah. energy people are either so hateful so excited where it's almost concerning that they're not in tune with you know, um, their sovereignty or reality. And so it's been really difficult for me to kind of show up and be present in that wave of energy. It's been
0: a lot of energy, hasn't it? I mean, it really... Uh, I've seen a lot of people, my husband included, uh, broke out in shingles oh on goodness. his face. I know, during the week of um, last this past week, when everyone was waiting for elections, and Louise Hay, who I love, um, really talks about shingles as kind of, you know, it's a fear-based thought of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. And I thought it was so interesting that he would get shingles on his face and over his eye even. And then, and he went to the doctor, and it was you know a virtual doctor's visit, and I could hear her in the other room going. You wouldn't believe how many people have shingles this week. Wow. I don't know what's going on. So there really is a mind-body connection and our bodies can speak to us in all kinds of ways. And our bodies really, um, you know, respond to the messages that, uh, that we're telling us. So it really is important to be wise about how we choose our
1: thoughts. Yeah, I this, this year has really been the one that I've begun gun to truly honor what my body is telling me. Not that that I hadn't in the past, but I wasn't consistent. And I was like, you're a silly body, you're pregnant, what do you know, like things are weird. (laughs) And, and really, I had to take a deep look at that energetic connection between what I was still carrying on to energetically, what I still needed to heal and what my body was telling me about the current way that I was treating it. And that Has been such a learning curve and I'm still deep in it and still learning and still learning how to listen and what to listen for. But I think that's a perfect way kind of to set segue into your story of how you learned to listen to your body and what it taught you and how you kind of picked yourself back up from from not listening to your body for a long time. You know, it's really,
0: um, it it could be embarrassing if I held a judgment on it, but I've healed most of those. I will tell you, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I have been for, God, I don't know, 16, 17 years now, and I help people all the time connect with themselves. But when it came to myself and the way that I ate, I just was so unconscious and so disconnected from the messages that my body was was giving me. And so I found myself, it's been, oh gosh, I don't know, almost two years ago that I was having some health issues and I was feeling fatigued, drained, run down, getting sick a lot. And I went to the doctor for blood work and uh, my blood work came back in an alarming way, which is not usually the case for me, but it kind of surprised me and really put me on notice that if I was going to continue down my current path, I could end up, you know, with some serious health conditions. And so Being a therapist, I have an office actually out of my home, and I um, set an appointment with myself in my calendar every single day, almost like I would a client, and I would come into my office and I would do a little prayer, I would journal, or I would do what's called a gestalt, an open body, an open chair conversation with my body, and I would... Just listen, and I and I'd say, okay, what does my body want to tell me today? And I'd sit in my therapist chair, and then I'd switch over to the couch, and I would let whatever body part wanted to speak, I just would give it a voice. And so, you know, at first, I think it was I forget what it was in this moment, but I think I thought it was going to be my stomach, but it was like my throat. You know, my throat spoke, and it felt so constricted, and it was so tired of um, my internal critic and being judged. and um, this the pattern of perfectionism that I had been dealing with and afraid of what how others would judge me. And you know, it really it really spoke to me. And then I'd sit back in the therapist's chair, and I just would listen with compassion. And I would say something back to my throat, like, I'm so sorry. I really hear you. It hurts to be judged. I've really judged you harshly, haven't I? I've really told you that if you're not perfect, then you wouldn't be loved. That's got to be so scary to think you wouldn't be loved if you made a mistake. Mm. And then I'd go back on the couch and I'd let throat speak and throat would say, yes, you know, and It's been really awful. I don't want to not be loved. And then I'd go back to the therapist chair and say, oh, well, of course, my goodness, I'm so sorry I put that misunderstanding on you. Let's update that. The truth is you're a divine soul and you're put on the earth to have a human experience that supports your learning and your soul's growth. There are no mistakes, honey. It's just opportunities for learning. It's safe for you to express yourself freely. You can communicate from your heart now. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I celebrate your authenticity, and I love you no matter what you say or do. And then I would, and then I do a little self forgiveness. I forgive myself for ever judging myself as wrong. I forgive myself for judging myself as an embarrassment. Uh, I forgive myself. You know, I went through the just all a list of, of, of judgments that I had, and then I just really affirmed the truth about me because I'm a divine soul having a human experience, using this as leverage for my soul's awakening. And the truth is, I am loved. And so I did that for 33 consecutive days. And the reason I know to do 33, day, uh, 33 days is I went to the University of Santa Monica where I got my master's in spiritual psychology, um, Well, actually, in counseling psychology with an emphasis emphasis in spiritual psychology. And we learned how to do a 33-day process. And that was really just to check in with yourself for 33 days. Because if you want to change a pattern in consciousness, it just takes showing up consistently for 33 days so that means if on day 30 you forget you just go back to day one and you show up for 33 days so I did that and I will tell you I think it was on day 31 I I had a colonoscopy and um, when my son was a year old I, I had a I had an issue a health issue I had a benign uh, granuloma which is basically a cyst that was the size of a uh, what was it? It was like a grapefruit, and oh they gosh. had to cut it out of me. I know, cut out part of my colon, resection it. It was a whole deal. And so I've had to, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And so I did this 33 day process, and I believe it was on day 30, 30 or 31. I had to go in for a routine colonoscopy, which I have to do every couple of three years. And so I went in. And when I woke up, the doctor told me, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have zero <laughs> signs of disease in your colon. Wow. There is, you have no signs of Crohn's in your colon. And, um, you know, it was just a really beautiful, uh, It was just a really beautiful sign to me that I had been doing the internal work to have that uh, externally reflected back to me. I had also made changes at the same time during that 33-day course. So, for example, I would listen to what my stomach said, and it said, please stop feeding me this processed food. It's just like you're trying to shut me up or something. Please just give me foods that are rich and alive and listen to me when I'm full. It's a lot to process. Please support me in processing, you know, things like that. So I really did listen to all different body parts from a place of love. I listened to what they had to say. They guided me beautifully. And the end result was feeling health and wellness. I think I released overall, uh, you know, honestly, about 28 pounds and I've kept it off since. I've never felt healthier. And the surprise benefit to doing all this, Lena, was that I deepened my connection to the divine, to God, the spirit, higher power, whatever you refer to that source as, Mm by listening to my body. And I had always just kind of put my body aside and thought, oh, I'll pray, I'll meditate, I'll, you know, look for God in other people. But somehow I had neglected myself. And then I realized that, of course, the divine is within every cell of our body. So when we listen to it, we're really also listening to divine guidance. And our bodies are like a great compass that can give us a map to our own healing.
1: I love so much that you said you were looking for God within other people. And I was sitting over here, even though you can't see me, just throwing my hands in the air because that has, that has been one of my, my biggest realizations and just what I've tried to shout from the rooftops for the past year that I think, I believe God exists within us and within our own hearts. So what... I'm just curious because even someone like me who's done the work and can trust myself enough to sit with myself and fully listen and fully trust that what I'm hearing and what I'm listening is correct and it's divine and it's the truth. What, what was that? Like doing it for the first time on day one, did you have enough trust, or was it just you were at a low enough point that that was all you could do?
0: I will tell you, if I'm, you know, I, and I will, I'm perfectly honest. I do trust myself because I, I trust myself as a therapist. You know, mm-hmm. I, I trust yes. myself completely, and I rely on my intuition for almost everything in my life. I mean, I have made huge life decisions that make no sense at all to the outside world by trusting and building, um, my intuition up. And so that is a practice that I leaned on. And so I think in a way what you're asking is how do I know the difference between like, am I making this answer (laughs) up or is this really my intuition? Is that kind of what you're asking? Because I can give you an answer. Okay, yeah, yeah. I hear you, girl. And by the way, I got chills when you said that you had been um, shouting that from the, the rooftops that God is within us. So good work on you. You. That's fantastic that you are putting that message out there. Um, that that really resonated for me too. Okay, so back to the question of how do I know if what I'm saying is intuitive guidance? Well, here's what I would say. Um, here's what I would say is that intuitive guidance doesn't have a feeling attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when your intuition whispers something to your ear, when you get a message, um, it's just neutral information. Now, your feelings may come up quickly after you get that intuitive impression. It may come up of like, oh, no, I don't want to have to do that. I'm scared. Or, oh, yes, I'm so excited about that. Great your reaction is not part of the intuition, right? That's more of like kind of your ego part or your Mm goal-oriented self that has an attachment to outcome. But real intuition, is it will come down naturally, and it often comes down softly and quietly and it requires us often to unplug and to be really still. And it really is um, a muscle that we have. And, you know, at the beginning, we've been talking about the election, right? And about uh, just how crazy the energy is out there. It's just been so turbulent on both sides. Um, And, you know... I've been taught, I go to these USN gatherings and they're really talking about this is the end of a yuga cycle, a 26,000 year yuga cycle, which I never heard about until these mm-hmm. gatherings, but I just got such an intuitive yes on it. So maybe you or your listeners will too. But what's happening now is, is we are all in the process of awakening and that there's more light that is coming down. So the end of a yuga cycle means It's like we are all rising together in consciousness. We are all, as a species, really... in an evolutionary process of rising together. And so a lot of light is coming down to the planet and anything that has been maybe shoved under the rug or in the shadows of our own consciousness or if a society is rising up to that light and it can feel turbulent and uncomfortable and like a lot of darkness. And the truth is, is that it is serving our awakening in our healing, and perhaps we can consider that we are moving from a five sensory uh human being to a multi-sensory human being, which is the sixth sense, which is intuition. And some people even believe in a seventh sense or more. Um, but perhaps, you know, that that is collectively also what's what's happening. Just because we were talking about intuition, I yes. thought I would I would bring that forward. This
1: this is my favorite topic to talk about right now and I'll have to say that I'm just so grateful that you offer that perspective because when you're in the current or I have what is an what is a kind and loving way to say this what I I have found when other people are so strongly in the current of the energy that is going on right now that that perspective is not necessarily well perceived or understood. And yes. and yeah, it, it has taken me, I mean, I've been working on this since March. I would say that the coronavirus was really what offered me the opportunity to take a step back and look at it from a larger perspective. And it's really yes. what helped me open up my own my own gifts and my own wisdom and to trust myself more and become more sovereign. But I I personally believe that that is absolutely happening. And, and is this the same cycle that is what is happening with the age of Aquarius that we're transitioning into? Is it the same cycle? Do you know?
0: Girl, I have no <laughs> clue what the hell cycle we're on. I just know that times are turbulent a little yes, bit out there. Are. And in, and that means for me, we are approaching the end of an era yes. and the birth of a new one. Yes. And I think it is just a ripe time for healing. And I just, I'm seeing a lot of healing taking place and um, a lot of pain too, but boy, a lot of opportunities for uh, healing.
1: Yeah, there's there there's so much opportunity right now, and it it really is beautiful to see people kind of face those shadows with sometimes without even realizing it. Because like you said, there's so yeah. much light coming down right now, and there's yeah the light has to be in balance with the dark. So more light equals more dark, and I think we are very yeah. very intensely seeing the dark revealed and the dark start yeah. to crumble.
0: Yes. And so I think a mistake, well, let's not say mistake because there really are no mistakes, only opportunities for learning. I guess I would say the challenge is to not move into judgment. Yes. That's really the challenge of this time. Because when we do move into judgment of the other side, of the other person, of the other po- political party or whatever it is, we are contributing. Uh, to the turbulence, to the conflict yes. and chaos, and not to the peace. And, you know, I learned this in graduate school, and I've done it in my sessions throughout the years, and it's really muscle testing. And I do this with clients who are in conflict. And so I will start by having them talk about someone that they absolutely love it may be a child or a pet or something and I'll have them put their arm out and I'll I'll place my hand kind of firmly down to muscle test their strength as they tell me about this I'm thinking of a woman who adores her her pet dog who loves her dog and she just talks about how cute and and funny and how much she loves this dog and on muscle test she's very strong unmoved And then I would say, okay, now tell me about people in that party who are trying to, let's say, take away your freedom or whatever the thing is. And then she would move into heavy judgment. I would use the exact same amount of pressure and their arm would just go down. Mm. And you can do this about really anything. I learned it in graduate school. We did it with a a few different students. And it, it really, it's the same. People think that judgments will make them stronger or protect them. But the truth is, is that judgments actually weaken us. They can weaken our immune system. They throw us off our peace, off of our balance. So really during this time, you know, it's one of the most loving ways that we can care for ourselves is to really tend to our own inner turbulence mm. and really create that peace inside of ourselves and um, to stop ourselves before we have a reaction to go to that place inside needs healing. And really, I would define healing at, at, that I learned at the University of Santa Monica, which is the application of love to the place inside that hurts. Mm. So healing, right? Healing is the application of love to the place inside that hurts. So before you give a reaction to someone, really listen to what's hurting inside of you. It may you may ride it all the way back in time to a time where someone treated you unfairly, or someone bullied you, or you could go back and do some work with that inner child that got hurt. You can apply love back there and let that little one know that you see them, and you'll make sure that people don't do that to you now. Um, and then you can have a response to people from a place of love. Now, if you do want to share your political views with someone or you want to hear their perspective, the chances of them hearing you are a lot greater if you're speaking from love. If you're speaking from judgment, usually, you know, people move into defense (laughs) because judgment can feel like poison or an attack. So um, it's really important that we really mindfully return to our love.
1: I think that's been my my biggest obstacle is to to approach others with love and understanding when they're instantly operating and judging from a place of hating another human being.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's right. hard because it, I mean, when you're so caught up with with that emotion and that story, yep. it's really hard yep. to pull yourself out of that because you think you're being just right but in reality it's it's your everything is about you and your own inner work that the 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 reality that you think is that hate is just a mirror I believe and yes and that's a really hard pill for people to swallow I think
0: (laughs) yes and so I would really you know because it happens to me I hear like I really get it you hear someone in a rage it's almost like You can psychically pick up on it, too. Mm -hmm. You know, energy can travel. So I use some techniques, not every time, but uh, more and more so, I'll say that. I mindfully will shield myself if I'm getting on social media. I love to use social media as a tool for spreading love, um, for sharing tools, for spreading light, things like that. And for connecting with friends and family that I really love, some of the times I will um, touch a pressure point like on my wrist and I will just ask that a sphere of white light Will surround and protect me, or a hundred layers of white light protect me and shield me, that any negativity or upset or hatred just bounces off and gets turned into light, mm-hmm. and that only light and loving can enter my field of energy. And um, you know, some days I'll be really mindful. Some days not as much so. But if I'm really being mindful, I'll put a limit on how long I'll be on social media. Um, you know, my intention is to be on and off in 45 minutes and to feel uplifted by the time I get off. So to be very intentional about the time I use, how I use it, um, and that kind of thing, just some helpful tools about navigating social media and this that turbulent time. Yeah. I'm going to have to use
1: that. That's so timely. Cause I recently just realized that one of the. I was feeling so energetically drained and one of the next layers of my healing is cultivating more presence. And as a mom and an entrepreneur, it's really hard yes. to be present in each moment. And I realized how much social yeah. media was sucking my joy. Even when I intentionally intend to do the same things that you just said, it's so hard because it's it's almost like an addiction. You just get caught up in the scrolling and then Oh yeah. You can cons- you don't even realize what you consumed and the anxiety starts to set in and you yeah. you lose a little bit of your energy with each scroll. Yeah. And it's hard.
0: Yes, and you know oftentimes you know we're thinking about what are we consuming? Am I having too much sugar or gluten or whatever the thing is? but we don't as much think about the consumption of media or social mm-hmm. media. Even toxic friends, you know, old friends or, you know, things like that. So, you know, part of our responsibility is cultivating um, an environment that is light-filled and taking responsibility and ownership and being a good steward of our own light that has been gifted to us and maintaining a clear light so that we can use it in service to God. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: to bring it full circle, I haven't even realized how much those types of consumption, whether it's media, social media, the effect it has on my physical body, whether I'm right. clenching my jaw or, or having anxiety or like starting to hunch over being on my phone, there's, there's such a, a physical aspect yeah. to it that we don't even realize. And it's so intertwined with that.
0: Yes. And so we want to remember not to abandon ourselves, you know, not to neglect ourselves, you know, to be a loving mother to yourself even it says, I'm going to stay connected with you, sweetheart. So I have a 14-year-old son and he's, you know, doing a hybrid model for school right now because of um, COVID and all that. And he's playing a lot of video games. And he's doing it with his friends because they're, you know, the outbreak in our little community has really just um, spiked a lot. And so the kids are not really doing playdates right now. And I think they're encouraging people to not do sports, all that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So we're letting them play more video games. And I really go down there and I go, I really listen for his mood first and see, is he laughing? Is he happy? Oh my gosh, they are just having the most joyful time. If I go down there and I peek in and he looks a little heavy or aggravated, you know, I will immediately say, okay sweetheart, let's go out for a hike. Time to take a walk. Let's you know, read a book or you know, let's go on the trampoline. You know, something else to really elevate his mood. So I can do that that with our 14-year-old. And I think as moms, we have to remember to do that with ourselves Mm -hmm. too, to really go, okay, sweetheart, are you having fun? Because if you're not having fun on social media, or if you're not finding yourself enriched by this scroll, let's put it down. Let's not waste a moment of our day on anything that doesn't feel good. I think sometimes
1: we forget that we have that choice to just walk away and to choose again. Right?
0: and we do and you're right about that and when you said that it was like a wave of empowerment came over me it was like right we do have that choice to walk away and to say this doesn't feel good um yeah
1: yeah i think it's so much about even being tuned into that first knowing that we have the power and then tuning in enough to ourselves to know when to walk away and to put it down and kind of detach from it. Because I think there's, even with social media, there's so much attachment to it where it feels oh, like yeah. if, if you walk away that you're going to miss out on something or, you know?
0: Yeah. And you're using a key word for me, which is attachment. Yes. So there's a little exercise I'd love to share with you of and course. your listeners, which is when you feel attached to an outcome, Maybe it's an election. Maybe it's uh, whatever the thing is that you're attached to something going a certain way. You know, that's where we really like our power Mm -hmm. is that attachment to it. So one of the exercises I like to do is I place my hand on my heart and I say with heartfelt love and gratitude, Mm -hmm. I release myself from any attachment that this, whatever thing it is, has to go my way. And I am now centering myself in divine love. Mm. And I watch my 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 empowerment flow back to me. With heartfelt love and gratitude, I release any attachment I have to whatever the thing is, and I am now centering myself in divine love, peace, empowerment you know, all of those, those positive feelings really can come feeding back up through our heart.
1: You're so right about giving our power away, practicing detachment and doing something similar is what gave me so much more clarity and power. And I, I, it was really never something I understood, especially when I, when I started learning about Buddhism years and years ago and understanding that being attached to things is what causes suffering, right? right. And, and that, that, that yes. never made sense to me until this year, when, wow. when, when, when I was forced, you know, to detach from the outcomes of what was happening in the world. And when I could really kind of yeah. be in my little bubble at home and have more time to go inward and listen to myself and truly detach and cut those cords from from all the things I thought I had to be doing in my life. I mean, not that I was really doing that much because I was the mother of a newborn at the time, but you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) That's a lot in and of itself. Who are we kidding? Well, gosh, in that way, Lena, it's so beautiful because it just sounds like 2020 has been such a divine teacher for you. Oh, it has. Absolutely. Mm, yes. Yeah, me
1: too. And me I too. And I think so many people who are tuned in to their own hearts have felt that way about this year and going back to what we were talking about, it's all perspective. And when we can take that step back and look at it as an opportunity instead of something that is happening to us, I think we can really thrive. Even in situations that seem like they're mass chaos on the outside.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking of that phrase, you know, uh, someone's eyesight is 2020 vision, yes. right? Perfect. Right. So it's like we're all being given an upgrade in our vision in a way, seeing more clearly about what needs to be healed about, what's important about, how to more deeply connect with our authentic self, clearer about our own life purpose and the path that we'd like to walk on. So in that way, it really has given us a clearer vision of ourselves. I
1: completely agree and for me it was it was really that detachment and that taking the step back but in taking that step back being willing to do the work because I think that's such a big block for so many we can we yeah. can kind of retreat but are we going to take that next step and trust ourselves enough to to look in that
0: mirror and oh, and face the yeah. shadows Yeah. Yeah, you said something very interesting with with um to face that work and do that work. I often have families or couples come into my office and on the first session, you know, they'll go, well, we know this is going to be a lot of work. It's going to be really hard work. And, 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 you know, and while that can be true, I think there's a lighter way to hold it. Um, you know, they go, we know we'll have to suffer and it's going to be hard work. And mm-hmm. and I often will say, well, you know clearly, you've been suffering, which is why you're here. What if the answer was is that we just get to release the pain and reveal the love mm. um and perhaps that's how we can hold what the work is that it's the shadow that's been inside that's been hurt with with judgment and shame, and what if the work is really about saying it's okay? you're safe, I'll hear you, I'll love you no matter what. And letting those parts speak and just adding love and healing them until all that's there is really love. It reminds me of, was it Michelangelo who did this sculpture and, and just said it was just a, a block of marble and 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 all he had to do was set the angel free mm. um, that he saw in there. So I think in many ways the work is really just about getting ourselves free mm-hmm. and we can choose and tend to do it with love. I love that.
1: That's such a beautiful perspective. And I completely agree. And I think if we could offer that perspective more often, that it's really about releasing the hurt and filling it with more love, because I think that's exactly right. Well, I have loved this conversation so much and I would love it if we could maybe end with just some beautiful wise words from you, even though this entire conversation has just been, just been a whole collection of wise words from you. But more specifically, for someone who's really struggling on trusting themselves, on listening to their bodies, on honoring their bodies, what advice would you give for someone who understand who has that awareness that there's work to be done, but may not have the the trust yet to step in and fill their being with more love?
0: Oh, isn't that that's 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 sweet. Okay. I understand you. So trust is really important in, in ourselves, right? So it's like, you know, sometimes people will say, um, I'm going to work out for an hour and a half every single day and I'm going to eat this and I'm going to do that. You know, they, they create these really big goals and then when they don't do it, they break trust with themselves. So mm. I usually say just start small. If you really don't trust yourself, maybe you can say one Day this week, I'm going to take a 30 or 45 minute walk. I'm going to take myself outside for a walk and um, I'm going to listen to my body in that way. You know, if it just that one goal and then when they made that goal to really acknowledge themselves for it, you know, okay, good for you. You took that step and then maybe you can add to it from there. But I would just say go slowly and try not to make too many uh, promises. And every time you do complete an action that you've told yourself you would, really acknowledge yourself because you're in the process of building trust and that is a great thing. And I, I could, I don't know if we have more time or not, of course. but I could, we do, I could offer your listeners and you, if you want, just a little forgiveness, um, maybe like a little three minute, uh, forgiveness meditation. Of course. I can guide you through that. Does that sound fun? That sounds wonderful. Let's do it. Uh, oh, yay. I always love it when someone's down <laughs> for healing. I love it. Always. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Me too. I'm like, give me the healing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to invite you just to take a deep breath in, breathing in loving kindness into your heart. And exhale, holy letting go. That's right. Just any stress, any strain. And one more time, take a kind breath in, breathing and loving. And when you have a full breath, hold it. And then quickly exhale, letting go. That's right. Creating more space in your body, in your heart. And you can silently repeat after me. And if I say words, that don't fit, just put work in the two. I forgive myself for judging myself in any way. I forgive myself for judging my body is too fat or not strong. I forgive myself for judging myself for neglecting my body. I forgive myself for judging my friend or family member for voting differently than I did. I forgive myself for judging myself as abandoned in any way. I forgive myself for ever buying into the misbelief that I was abandoned by God in any way. The truth about my friends who vote differently than I do is their divine souls also having a human experience. And the truth about me if I've never been abandoned, that God is beating my heart in this very moment and breathing me. I am being cared for in the most intimate of ways. God is breathing me now and beating my heart. I am a divine soul having a human experience. I can trust myself and the divine intuitive wisdom in my heart. All is unfolding in its perfect divine way and order. All is well in my world. I am loved. I am light. I am love.